This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Outside your window is a real piece of earth, but here on Post Show Recaps, we're making everything super as we are talking about Peacemaker from HBO Max, Season 1, Episode 7, Stop Dragging My Heart Around. I'm Josh Wiggler. I'm joined here by the man who's been dragging my heart around ever since I met him, Kevin Mahadeo. Hi, Kevin. That's how I get people to like me. I just drag their heart around, and then they're just like, I need that. I need that to live. Bring it back. (laughs) You reach in. You pull it out. It's a very sloppy affair. Yeah. I'm I'm like uh, Kano from Mortal Kombat. Not even uh, a crack staff of veterinarians would be able to fix uh, the people whose hearts. (laughs) That scene. Oh, my God, Josh. I know we're going to talk about it, but that scene. They're pretty. They were pretty nice, all things considered, <laughs> except for that like guy in the blue. Who Listen, you are the one wearing blue between us right now. I'm wearing red. Yes. Red. Uh, well, that's uh, you know uh, I've got GI Joe laser colors. You've got Cobra laser colors. <laughs> story. Oh, no. Story checks story of out. Our lives. <laughs> story checks out. Is the guy in the blue um, vigilante or yes. or Economos? No, Economos is kind of wearing blue as well. He was, but Vigilante was definitely the one about like shooting them or not, and Economist was just like, uh, let's not. Like, in, in my immediate head canon, it was very funny that they were just dragging Economos, as everyone is <laughs> wont to do. I mean, they were ready to get in it. They were ready to go kick some ass themselves. Yeah, they would just die. But yes. you know. yes, absolutely. Um, it is an eventful penultimate episode of Peacemaker, at least season one. 
if not the show. There's been no renewal news as far as I have seen. I know that it sounds like the intentions uh, are there to do more uh, Peacemaker. It's the but- most popular show on streaming. I, I like I, I ever. I don't know what the wording is. Do you think those used, stats which... are coming just from people who are hitting play, replay on the uh, on the opening I... credits? I mean, at this point, uh, who who knows? Statistics are all made up, <laughs> like right. True. Everyone says something. There's always the like number one movie in theaters, and yep. it's just like it's the only movie in theaters. So it's like that's technically true. <laughs> there are no other movies in theaters, you idiots. It's just yeah. this movie. You can um, just make yourself whatever stat you want. Ultimately, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that that tracks. I think that tracks. Uh, it's a big peacemaker, though, Kevin. As uh, we are losing some players from the board, uh, I uh, I guess obligatory spoiler warning. If you haven't watched episode seven, we haven't spoiled it yet, but we are about to spoil it. I had seen Kevin some because I I watch Peacemaker relatively late. I don't know if people know that. And so sometimes people will like at me with Peacemaker stuff. I tend not to watch until pretty close before you and I record and we record these on Sundays. Uh, So maybe ahead of the finale, don't hit me with anything. If you're listening to this until a Sunday morning when I will have watched the show. Uh, No, please don't. (laughs) But I I had seen um, some headlines making the round inevitably of like, peacemaker casualties explained and stuff like that i was like okay so people are gonna die here and i my heart was in my throat for much of the episode certainly it looks bad for vigilante at a couple points in time and i really thought maybe vigilante was gonna die but instead it ends up being uh two of i think the low-hanging fruit options of characters who would not survive the season in myrn which is sad and the death of his butterfly, especially. Yes, that was actually really sad. Like surprisingly touching. Oh my god, him touching his little his little hand, his little butterfly hand. Finger. Oh my god, oh. that was pretty good. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the white dragon himself, Augie Smith, is no more. Uh, and that is uh, flying in the face, much like the bullet it, uh, of what I had said the previous week. If I don't want to see Chris kill his dad. Well, he did kill his dad, and his dad really asked for it. He really did. He really, uh, really, really did. So. I don't feel any kind of way about it other than, yeah, I think that you really bought that, sir. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, he almost killed Eagly. That is reason to shoot him in the head. That is yeah. the only reason to shoot him in the head. <laughs> I know he doesn't want to kill people anymore, and it would have been nice if he could walk away from this without having... Uh, been the instrument of death uh, against his brother, which I accept Chris's interpretation of like, I didn't kill him, you did. Absolutely. My million God. percent. Well, that beginning, my God, like if we begin at the beginning, that good God, that is an effed up moment. Yes, big time. Uh, and so like, it would have been nice if he hadn't like physically killed his brother uh, and also killed his father. If he could have had some measure of like, I didn't, you know, I don't have to carry that with me forever. But at the same time, after he kills his father, in the immediate aftermath, he does his facial exercises, Kevin, yes. yeah. uh, which, you know, are warranted at that time. But he very swiftly is now on, um, you know, being upset about Eagly from that point forward for the rest of the episode. Well, like, okay, Eagly at least your it. priorities are straight. Yeah. Eagly is it, right? Like, he doesn't have family left. It's just Eagly. Yeah. 
That's all he's got left. Uh, so a really big action-packed episode. Uh, we've got the uh, the 11th Street kids are uh, joined together under Harcourt's leadership by the end of it. And uh, it's leading us into a very big finale. It's cow or never. As we now see the giant udder, at least. I don't know. Is that the udder of the cow? Is there I, more cow, Kevin? No, I think that's it. I think that weird flying larva thing is is the cow. As and you see like the little suction cups as they're like getting the honey or whatever from it. <laughs> There's a lot of questions too about that situation, which we can talk about, but like just by size and scope, I'm like, what? was life like on their original planet? Because <laughs> I've got questions. Yeah. Uh, so there's much to get into. We will do it all. Um, to to take it all the way back to where you started things off or where the episode starts things off, rather, Kevin, but something that you had said earlier, it does begin with this flashback sequence of, uh, of Chris and his brother, uh, Keith, and the day that Keith died. And the things that they shared, uh, not just uh, a mutual love for for heavy metal uh, and like rocking out in the 80s, but also it seems like a shared disdain for white power. Yeah. Uh, You know, what a life it could have been for Chris, if not for, you know, this moment. Yeah, uh, there's this moment where it's like him and Keith are together and like obviously their horrible father is like getting like fight club ready to go. But they're the two of them are together and they're just like not not here for it. Yeah, they are. It's awful. It's brutal. And like, no, like you, you, we kind of got the flashes. So we know that like some sort of fight was involved in which like Keith died. Um, but like seeing this is the setup and again, like all this time we've heard, like he killed his brother, he killed his brother. And I think any rational person who was watching that moment was obviously like, this is not his fault. This is his piece of shit dad and his piece of shit friends. Like this is their fault. This is their doing. And to blame him just Jesus is terrible. Yeah. Um, I, I was, I was, uh, it was horrible to watch. Um, but at the same time, it was, I think, kind of helpful to see just exactly like what was sort of the the moment that kind of like that peacemaker was sort of born in almost, mm-hmm. um, and and how he like has lived the rest of his life beyond that point. It's going to be pretty hard to ever, you know treat yourself with with care and respect after being forced into that kind of situation i think like it's not impossible obviously and people get out of trauma with a lot of hard work and people helping them but chris is left in such an unsupportive environment yep exactly that it's, that it's no wonder that he ends up being you know the self-loathing a-hole that he's been for his entire life since then which is often you know a source of great comedy but is and very much to john cena's credit kevin a source of uh, pathos as well, you know, and a source of like great tragedy. Yeah. And that really like you nailed it, right? Like if this was a different circumstance, if he had the right people around him, he could have gotten past this, but he spent his entire life being told by his, you know, piece of shit dad that you're the one who killed your brother. This is your fault. You're awful. Like really dragging him down to the point that like, that's all he knew. Like the influence of, uh Augie Smith on Chris is so evident 
And it's it's abusive, right? Like it's an abusive relationship to a T. The fact that Chris was so connected to him, didn't want to let you know, like let go of him, wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like there's so much there that is, I think, quintessential to those type of situations. And it's really shown, like you said, the origin story here of how it all happened and the tragedy of it all. And again, like kudos to present day John Cena. Um, being able to like nail these emotional moments, especially this episode. There's so many of them because um, he's doing a good job of balancing that with also the world falling apart around him as uh, everyone thinks that he, you know, had this diary and was responsible for all this stuff. And the news is like reporting on all of it. Um, John Cena has truly impressed me so much throughout this entire series. Yeah, no, he's the best. I think that the, the biggest thing that uh, really threw me off uh, about this episode specifically was that the Chris and Keith scene is at the start of the episode and then they throw the credits at us and yeah. we have like the full dance of, do you really want to, do you really want to taste it? And that has been so funny uh, for the last several weeks. It's just been like this sort of transcendent uh, opening credit sequence and it hit different this time because there's such tonal whiplash to it, but it also kind of felt cathartic in a way, you know, it felt like seeing like this horrible thing that he endured as a kid and seeing that because we had like speculated, is it is there some kind of like drug overdose or something right, like yeah. that happening? And it's like, no, he hit his head so hard mm -hmm. that he seizes and dies. Uh, and it's just so graphic. Uh, and for us to like get that answer and then go to the credit sequence it wasn't funny, but it was like it was like a release almost to a certain degree was watching the credits this week. Uh, it's just, it hit totally differently. Yeah, but you need those moments, right? Like it, it's it's why they insert comedy into horror at, at a lot of parts, because it's like when you feel something so tense, when you have something so emotional, you do need that release to sort of like shock reset your brain unless you yeah. just spiral into oblivion mm -hmm. so like it was really well done but it was so shocking that i forgot to look for judo master throughout the opening sequence again and i was like dang it i forgot to check for him yes uh patrons of post show recaps you could become one patreon.com slash post show recaps have been on the search for judo master in the opening credits uh vivis had uh screenshotted some of the opening credits and there's one moment that he caught of judo master like peering out from behind a corner but, <laughs> but i'm telling you that when i say that i have rewatched the credits and every single time i'm now looking for judo master i just can't find him i cannot I find him anywhere I would love if there's multiple versions of the credits and they just cycle through them each episode without us knowing. And like some of them have Judo Master and some of them don't. And it's just driving everyone insane. Oh, it's driving me nuts. I can't see the guy. Where is he? <laughs> I'm like, I'm more frustrated than, than Chris is when he goes into the room to check in on Judo Master and finds that Judo Master's just gone. Well, with one episode to go, Josh, F it. There's no time. There was <laughs> you know? no time. Um, <laughs> that entire exchange was another gold moment between Vigilante and uh, Peacemaker. I just love that, like, Judo Master is supposed to be there? F it. Can't worry about it now. <laughs> like, yeah. just A+. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we get uh, basically the thrust of the episode coming into it is Chris is, uh, is wanted. Uh, he's been framed. There's the journal that Adebayo put into his trailer that has been recovered, and the butterflies are in charge now, and they want to smoke out Peacemaker. Uh, and Peacemaker is like, 
I obviously didn't write this, you idiots. Like, there's no world. And then economists like, actually, now that I've gotten to know you a little bit better, <laughs> I kind of do buy that you would uh, write this. To be totally honest with you, I love that though. I love that he was just like, I don't have a, I don't have a diary. If anything, I would call it a journal, which is. As a person who collects journals, there's a pile of them literally behind me right now, and it doesn't even sure. touch on the amount that I actually own. Uh, there's just this weird thing where, like, they don't call it diaries anymore. They call them journals. It's your journal, your bullet journal, they're journals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do love how immediately he's just like, you know what? I do like scrapbooking. Like, I do love that he admits to that, which I think is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so it's going to be him and Vigilante are going to go in search of the cow. They're like, screw it. We're just going to take care of this now. We're just going to go in guns blazing and handle this. Uh, and Economos uh, is like, well, you're not going without me, basically. Uh, they're like, uh, you gonna, <laughs> reluctantly. You know, they're, they're like, uh, are you coming or not? He's like, no way. And then like, he's like, ah, oh, damn it. All right, fine. I will. Well, it's because he sees eagerly walking out the door with them. And if, if the bird's going to go, gonna it, like, come on. <laughs> if the bird's going to go, I got to go as well. Uh, are you and gonna- I- are you going to make a, a, a scrapbook of uh, us and Eagly maybe later, Josh? That would be nice. Uh, I've been, uh, man, um, I feel like this is not the right time to admit that I have been making a scrapbook of our friendship for years now <laughs> and was going to reveal this at your wedding. But like, oh I, don't my gosh. Want, I don't want to I don't want to lie to you on the podcast. Oh boy! Oh my God! That well, now I don't know what the truth Un- is. Unless anymore. I'm lying to you now, and I, there I is no scrapbook. Oh my gosh! This is gonna be wild. Uh, I uh, haven't said dragon fruit, which is my safe word for when I'm doing a bit. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> does that but, count though? You but just did say I, dragon fruit. But that's the question: Does yeah. that count? Because I did say it. Uh, <laughs> I did say the word. So leaving people in uh, some, you know, semblance of uh, of tension in the unknowing, Kevin, probably most of all you, because now yes. you got to wonder, am I going to bust out a scrapbook uh, at your ceremony? I'm very nervous about it. I might have to have them search you for scrapbooks when you uh, show up. Do you want a scrapbook or not? I don't know what I want. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think he wants a scrapbook, folks. All right. Well, maybe I'm telling the truth. Maybe I'm not. It's hard to know. Hard to know uh peacemaker and vigilante and economos are on the road with eagerly and they're on their way to kill the cow and just like to talk talk it through storyline at a time right they get attacked by uh white dragon they get attacked by chris's father in full white dragon regalia and i think that this is maybe the thing that i've liked the least about peacemaker is how high tech and sophisticated white dragon is uh, it's just like, where did this come from? You know, how did he have all of this high-powered stuff? Like, all of the stuff that we saw, I guess like, the only other thing that is in this vicinity is the subterranean layer that they have. But who's funding Augie Smith? He just seems like such a horrific butt face that, like, who is, like, funding that horrific butt face? This is a very, this is like a very uh, naive and ignorant thing, I think. Yeah, kind of. I well, one, yeah, I feel like it's not playing into the stereotype, obviously, just because you're, you know, uh, you you talk that particular way with 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 um, southern. I don't know what sort of accent, but like you know, like a, a twang, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, and he comes from like a, a, a shitty upbringing doesn't mean he's not intelligent. Uh, we don't know like what what his military connection could be um, as for like who's funding it. 
Josh, I got bad news for you. I know that um, was yes, yeah. yes. White white nationalist is probably mm. the answer, and that's yeah. uh, that's a lot of money. So what a what a, what a, um, what a tragic the same way thing. it happens where yeah. a GoFundMe can get launched, and all of a sudden it's like that person has a million dollars, and they're True. just a giant piece of shit. So, um, yeah. That's I think it, I think it I think it additionally though looked a little hokey to me. I think like the costume in action. Now I kind of felt like I was in some measure of Power Rangers territory. You want it to look cool though? <laughs> no, but I don't know that I want it to look like that. You know, um, I don't know. Like I I I think that like the costuming for me was maybe a little bit off, but. That's maybe, I mean, <laughs> I loved it because I, think I say that as if like Peacemaker looks cool. Right. Like Peacemaker doesn't look cool, but I think him looking hokey and his cronies looking real stupid in those hats, I think is on purpose. I think yeah. it's absolutely on purpose that they all look real dumb uh, because like they suck and they shouldn't be. I think looking really stupid actually is is kind of better for me. Um, so I, I enjoyed that aspect. I absolutely get what you're saying. I just think it's a little more on purpose, but uh, I'm not saying you're wrong, obviously. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But how that all shakes out, though, I, I mean, like, that scene, despite the hokiness, I think is cool. Like, as they're like, uh, they say, there's no wrong time to rock. And then he just flies down and just, boom, like, knocks knocks that, that truck over. Uh, it's a cool scene. It's, it's yeah. visually cool, at least. Yeah, and then Vigilante being the one who steps out. There's no wrong time to rock. Uh, <laughs> this is it. This is the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, I thought I really was worried. Did he just blow himself up? I thought so, too. I was very nervous. But I do love that Vigilante, yeah, he doesn't have Chris's connection. Chris is kind of shocked, tries to stop him. And Vigilante is just like, nope, going to go out and try to kill these people. Yeah. Uh, he's going to give it a shot anyway. Uh, and, like, he there's a huge explosion people are knocked back uh everyone like everyone is kind of like taken off and and uh peacemaker and economos and eagly are are able to to get away uh with vigilante left behind uh and they're able to like get off into the woods but it's it's we're away from vigilante for long enough uh that in all of the time until we see him leaning back against the tree i totally thought that there was a good chance that he was dead and then when I saw him leaning up against the tree and you see his chest is all torn up, I didn't think that he would make it out of the episode, especially having seen headlines of like Peacemaker takes a tragic turns. Like, no, not Vigilante. This, no. Several times I was wondering, cause like, yeah, the injury when he's braced up against a tree. He when he's driving the car? Yeah. When he when he looks like clearly he has like some sort of concussion or like and he passes out, and I was just like, oh God. A lot of those times, I was extremely concerned for Vigilante. I do love that he gets the car, though, right? Like, I love that the the dumb idiots <laughs> go off looking for uh, Peacemaker, and then they just turn around, and Vigilante has gotten in their car and is driving away. And it's just like, did you leave, leave the keys in the car? And it's just like, well, we were in a rush. And it's just like, A+. Plus. I love that Vigilante just stole their car and drove off. Yes. Uh, so just to, to stay with this side of the storyline, I think we should just talk it through is we're going to we're basically going to deal with this whole storyline in the penultimate episode. So we've got nothing but butterflies to, to deal with in the finale, <laughs> which I think is probably a, a good choice. I think yeah, but let's, it... let's get this done now. 
dealing with butterflies doesn't is not going to be as fun as the wording itself sounds. Dealing with butterflies sounds like it could be delightful. You just go to a butterfly park. And well, not on. not as fun for the characters. It yes, should probably be a lot of fun. Fu- for it should us. be pretty fun for us. Would be would be my guess. Uh, but they're able to eventually like unite with uh, with with vigilante, and they get. Uh, I love what they're like trying to get in the car. And Eagle's just like pecking Economos' oh my butt God. to get in. Get in, get in. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go, man. Uh, and they end up getting into the big fight with with all of the White Dragon and his minions. Um, and Eagle looks like he's uh, he's been headwigged. Oh, which actually we did miss a scene where they set up the raccoon and the helmet, which I thought was very funny. Oh yeah, that, Maybe- I mean. Yeah, with his face all scratched up because when they cut to him and his face was, I was like, "What happened?" And he's like, "Man, raccoons are hardcore." And he's like, "Yeah, that went about exactly as I expected it to go <laughs> with the raccoon, yeah. uh, which is great." Uh, I thought that was a little like a, a great bit that they did. And obviously, I think uh, James Gunn nodding at his uh, his his friends across the aisle and his own uh, <laughs> other uh, very well known raccoon related uh, yeah superhero situation. Yeah, uh, but when a, when Eagly is nearly killed, um, and I was it, so upset, dude. Seeing yeah. Eagly lying there on the floor, I was gutted. I was, was bad. gutted. The, it, it is it's it's those things. <laughs> I feel like if you've seen, like, you watch movies, right? And there's always, like, the one badass. And then that badass decides to go against the main villain. And you're just like, no, you fool. You're not the main character. You're going to die. Yes. And then they do. That's what, like, Eagly flying at White Dragon. I was like, no, Eagly, no, you fool. And, ugh. It's Correct. bad. It was very, it was very, very scary. I didn't like it at all. Uh, but uh, Eagly's gonna be okay. That's the good news. Uh, maybe the better news is the White Dragon is not gonna be okay uh, because Vigilante is able to target White Dragon's soft spots. The gaps in the armor. I love yeah. that it came back around. He told him. Uh, which I love, love that that comes around. Help short circuit stuff. Economos comes out, just guns down everyone else, which is. Again, Economos just eviscerates uh, everybody, which is awesome. A lot awesome. of points for Economos doing that. Um, yeah, and like I love also that like it's the moment that he punches out Eagly that Peacemaker just goes nuts on him. <laughs> it's just like, you son of a bitch, which rightfully so. He, he even has a voicemail that is, you know, uh, you've reached you've reached Chris and Eagly, leave a message, which made me be like, I got to change my voicemail now and just, you've reached Kevin and Gus, leave a message. Yeah. Um, and then just, like, starts wailing on him, like, punching him on top of the car. It was brutal. Like, the emotion of that moment is great as he's, like, screaming, just like, you're the one that killed, you know, uh, Keith. And it's accurate. It's what we've all been saying. And I think it's great that he's waking up to this in this moment. It's a, it's a really well done scene. And when he pulls the gun, I was just like, oh, what's going to happen? Which way are they going to go right now? Yeah. Um, so he pulls the gun on him and, uh, you know, Augie's like, you're not going to do it. He's saying all sorts of horrible things that I shall never repeat. Uh, and uh, he does it. And I was surprised to the show's credit. I, I don't know why. I didn't think I didn't see him pulling the trigger, Kevin. You, you actually, uh, I'll hold this up right now. You can see right there, I wrote Josh. <laughs> uh, at, he says F dash dash without the dashes. He actually did it. Yeah, I Kevin was shocked, Schmutz. surprised. Yeah. Um, I think he was also surprised and then did his facial exercises right afterwards because <laughs> it's important to get those in. 
Uh, I think that Augie undercutting, uh, or not Augie, Vigilante undercutting the emotionality of the moment. Um, I don't, I, I was, <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to live with Peacemaker being upset for a bit. And then Vigilante says that. And I, I was glad to not have to spend any more time processing like Peacemaker exactly. crying over a dead Nazi. Exactly. And I think that's why they did it, right? Yes. That's why they have this moment. Peacemaker as a character being upset over killing his dad, you can understand. But as a viewer and us knowing what type of person this I is. I don't want to spend a crazy amount of time exactly. mourning this We guy. don't want to mourn this guy for very long. So like him coming in and undercutting it and then uh, affectionate pat on the back. Like he just, because Vigilante just so, yeah. un, just doesn't understand human emotions. Um, I thought that was a, a great way to get us past this moment while still acknowledging it. Um and of course, uh, Economos having to correct him to be like, he's crying, you idiot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Incredible. I love Vigilante. Goddamn, what a great character. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, okay. So that is uh, everything that's going on with, uh, with, with the death of the white dragon. So the white dragon is dead. Meanwhile, we have to deal with uh, the other side of the storyline. We're building up to the butterflies. Um, and Harcourt is actually livid with Adebayo uh, for, for planting the journal and this being the big reason why Adebayo was put on the team in the first place by Amanda Waller, who is her mother, who Harcourt learns is her mother, is just yes. about to find out. Uh, what did you think of the big blow up between Adebayo and Harcourt? 
I mean, I think it's great. Like, obviously, seeing Harcourt, who has really bonded with this team after basically shutting herself out, as Autobio points out, right? Like, this is your problem, essentially. <laughs> you, you don't, you build up all these walls. Um, but she let these people in. And to be betrayed like that after everything that they've been th through is brutal. Uh, I loved her finding out that Amanda Waller is her mother. Like, piecing that moment together, I thought was very hilarious and uh, well done. Um, I obviously feel bad for Autobio because again, this show just really deal with deals with parental trauma and like what it what it means when your parent is like kind of shitty um in many different ways. And Amanda Waller is not a great person. So like having Autobio feel guilt, but uh also just being just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like what I just it's a lot, it's so much is something I think that's relatable. Uh and of course, like the best part of it for me was Mern coming in at the end. I just died at him knowing everything. <laughs> I loved it so much because I kept thinking the whole time, Mern's gotta know. He has to. He knows everything else. Like, there's just, if Mern doesn't know that Adebayo is Amanda Waller's daughter, that's a really, really bad job on Mern. And yep. he's proven to be, like, fairly competent here. And we're supposed to certainly believe that he's kind of, you know, uh, you know, the guy who knows a little bit of everything about this whole situation. So when he's like, yeah. Of course I know that she's Amanda Waller's daughter. You didn't think I'd do a background check? No, my employees. Come on now. <laughs> That's great. It's great. Um, it was really, and really he obviously great. deduced that, like, oh, yeah, of course she planted the jerk. Like, I love that he, he knew all this. I, I wrote down that, like, Mern is amazing, uh, sadly not knowing what was to come for Mern uh, a few scenes later. Yes. Uh, so a few scenes later is where it goes down, right? Where he's telling everybody, we got like, to get out of here. They know that this, uh, you know, this was the place where I met with, uh, with the cop, who is now part of uh, you know, my inside man with Casper Locke who is now uh, a Volturi, I mean a butterfly, uh, and is on the inside of the butterflies. Like, that was our inside guy. He's on the – If he should not be telling anybody any of this stuff, which means he's a butterfly now. Uh, we got to go. We got to get out of here. And he's the first one to go down, that everybody is going to seize upon Mern. And Mern is going to be the one who's like, I believe in you guys. You've all got this. You're going to be fine. I'm going to take down as many of them as I can. You all have to get away. And he takes his last stand. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess it makes a lot of sense that the leader of the team goes out before um, the team is able to rally together for one final push. Um, and especially him being sort of like the rebellious butterfly. And I know that we had talked a little bit about the speculation of, is it possible that he is, you know, not uh, a good guy and is actually leading us towards something darker but no, that that precious sweet little butterfly by the end of this, Kevin, he he was just trying to help. He was just trying yeah. to make everything right. It was it's it was such a sad like like having him gunned down and then the butterfly flying out. There was a moment where I'm just like, oh, is he gonna go in someone else? But then when uh, the possessed song grabs him and then crushes him, it's just such a like gutting moment. But I, in a way, that's better, right? Like I think that actor did such a good job defining who Mern is that I'm glad that they didn't like just hop into another actor at that point. Yes, um, I think that that would have that would have really. Uh, I I don't think that I would have been down with it. Yeah. Um, like the, the you got you have to either do away with the character or the character has to you know stay around. You can't just have the butterfly hop into somebody else just because. Chukwudi Awuji, who plays the character, he's going to be in um, Guardians Three. Uh, so James Gunn <laughs> obviously loved working with him. Um, that I think that like you couldn't have gone 
from him being so good as Mern and keeping you guessing a couple of times throughout the season and then finally landing on this place of like, no, he was he was good and he wanted to stop uh, the big bad butterfly from doing her thing. Um, that uh, you couldn't have just had that butterfly go elsewhere. I did have this moment where Harcourt is holding the butterfly. I wondered. I did wonder. I did too. I wondered because like when it was still alive, I was just like, oh, maybe what? Mm, oh, but then no, just that somehow a very touching scene of just the butterfly holding up its little little uh, hand. I don't know what to call that uh, insect arm. Uh, and then Harcourt touching uh, her finger to it, just, oh, and then it dies. Yeah. Who knew would get emotional over a bug dying? Uh, well, someone's never seen a bug's life. <laughs> or its sequel, A Bug's Death. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> you haven't seen it? No. No. I don't do the sequels. Toy Story is the only one. I don't watch the car sequels. I refuse to acknowledge them. So you know, you're missing out on the on the the big book of bugs. Yeah, uh, I mean, Pixar has a tendency, right? Like they would do a bug's life, and it's just like, well, now we have to do a bug's death. Our our audience is older. We must show them the truth of life. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. Uh, so, sort of in the same way that a joke ends the grieving process for Chris and his father. A fight sequence ends the grieving process for <laughs> Mern. And, you know, we have this little storyline in this episode of where is Judo Master? Uh, you know, he he kicks the crap out of the, the people at the convenience store. While eating. I love that this is a thing. It's very Brad Pithian, where it's just like every time we see Judo Master, basically, and they're not beating someone up, uh, just eating some some chips. Yeah, he had like cheesy poofs. Mm-hmm. Some sort of puffy Cheeto. Uh, the, I prefer the, crunchy, just for the record. I'm, I'm uh, more of a I think, Cheeto guy. I think ultimately, uh, I think ultimately, I just love a cheesy poof either way. I, I love a crunchy, but I'll take the poofy too. You know, it really depends on the move. But if either, if if only one of them is available, but it's you know the right time to eat some sort of cheesy poofy product, I would just eat whatever they put in front of me. Yeah, you're like I I I, I have but I just eat whatever. Like if if a cheesy poof is available, I'm gonna eat it. I don't know about the spicy ones though. That scares me. I've never Flaming tried it. Flaming Hot Cheetos? I've never great. tried it. I've never tried it. Those are great. It seems like the, the color red makes me feel like I'll regret it. <laughs> like the shade they're of all, red. Well, I guess they're all the shade. That the one is shade yeah, that one is red. Yeah, it kind of looks like blood, you know? And that makes me nervous. Yeah, you're going to bleed from your mouth if you eat one. I don't want that. <laughs> uh so I love the I love the quirk though being like, "Yes." Yeah, good uh, job. Those guys are assholes. <laughs> uh, but Judo Master takes the fight to Harcourt and Adebayo, and it's a it's a great scene where Judo Master is ultimately going to be subdued. And I I like that him being sort of the uh, his his return and his ex- his existence and him fighting the two of them to some degree I think heals the rift between Harcourt and Adebayo. Well, Harcourt definitely gets to work out some of her troubles because. Little did we know that Harcourt, especially, is just like martial arts badass. Like we saw a little bit of a taste of it with that asshole in the bar or before, but this you really see her going at it with Judo Master and holds her own pretty well. Uh, I think in the long run, no, but uh, that was a great little fight scene um, with Harcourt and Judo Master. I love the use of the environments. You know, I'm really big with that uh, about fight scenes using the environment to really excel it. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I was a big fan of it. Do we think that 
Juno Master is part of the squad for the end of the show. Do we think that's it for Judo Master? Or does Judo Master have a bigger role to play? He still hasn't revealed what he knows about the butterflies. Correct. And I, I I don't know, right? Like, we know that they're on the way already, and Judo Master's tied up in the hotel. So I'm not too sure what role Judo Master is going to play at the end, if anything. I think, if, if anything, maybe Judo Master will show up uh, after it's all over to deliver some information. Maybe we'll get something there. Um, but I'm not certain. I know that Judo Master's not dead i don't think because they uh zip tied him i saw i made sure to try to look for that because i was like oh is judo master dead again uh it just it seems no, no uh still standing yes uh so they're definitely still around yeah uh so i i'm curious uh i i would i would definitely lean towards believing that we haven't seen the end of judo master just the question is how yeah i'm still not sure you know He's been adversarial for the entirety of the show. Does it have to hold that way? Is there just like another gag that needs to be played with Judo Master to close this thing out? Probably. I would say probably. Yeah. Um, I just don't know what it is. I I don't know what it is. That they'll show up at the end eating some chips. That's my prediction. That's my one prediction. (laughs) I think that's good. Um, So beyond that, uh, we get to the veterinarian's office. Vigilante wants to kill them. They are. Vigilante yeah. wants to kill they them saw, all. They saw their faces, you know? <laughs> yeah. And they know I'm a bus boy. Well, yeah, ruined it by telling him because of his uh, biases against nurses, apparently. Yes. Uh, ex- <laughs> exactly. Uh, so they're going to, the, the, the veterinarians are going to, are going to love uh, everybody there except for Vigilante. Uh, they're even going to offer their services in the final fight against the butterflies. I feel like they should have been brought along for the journey. I think, Chris is correct. They would have died immediately. You they think the first one's dead? Yeah, immediately they would have hopped out the car and just been massacred. Uh, yeah, this entire veterinary scene I thought was very, very funny. And of course was like the most emotional moment possibly of the of the of the series. Right. I wow. Wow. Like that scene. Talk it through. Give uh-huh. it give give us uh give us the scene and why why it resonated so much with you. Well, it's just I don't I mean like obviously I think there's a level of like having a pet, right? And it's just seeing Chris in this situation, like a character like him at his lowest low and literally praying to a higher power, I think is also interesting. Having someone like this have a religious connection, I think is kind of great, but it's also a moment of like really speaking to his connection too eagerly the last person who really is family to him because a lot of the team betra- like autobio betrayed him he doesn't know who to trust but he knows that he can trust eagerly because eagerly he loves and eagerly loves him and to have that moment where like eagerly could die it it's it's gutting it's heartbreaking and autobio sees of course this um but that's also like the miracle of it like the moment is just it's so bizarre to get emotional over this but it's it's just to the power of James Gunn, that this either animatronic or extremely well-trained eagle uh, gets up off the table and gives Chris a hug, and auto, and they flash back to him saying it before, and Auto Bio just just missing it, and getting to see this happen, and later like say like to uh, her wife like, I just saw an eagle hug. I a saw man. a miracle. <laughs> yeah, like it's just so well done, and I just yeah, it it, it I'm glad that Eagly uh, didn't die. I really hope Eagly doesn't because also while Eagly is possibly the easiest kill, I do think it's one of those things like in movies where it's like 
oh, they killed the dog. That's how you know it's like horrible or extreme. And I'm like, I don't need, we don't need to do that. And so I would love that to be the case here as well. And so I was nervous about it, but I love that that Eagly came back. And then I love that he snapped a picture because I would too, like yeah. in that moment. Him doing like the, the, the creeping of the selfie, I thought yeah. was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. It's such a great scene. It's uh, so well done. Yeah, it felt very real. Like anytime I have like a really beautiful, sincere moment with my cats, mm-hmm. if my phone is handy... I'm the idiot who's taking a picture. Hundred percent. I've done it many times. I can't just live in the there. moment because uh, I have a diseased modern person brain. What uh, one time, and this is this is the level of hugging that like I have a picture of this. But uh, Robin and I were sitting on the couch and we were holding hands, and Gus literally jumped off the couch, went over, and put his paw on top of our hands, and I was just like, "Oh my god, he <laughs> went <laughs> it's in!" And I snapped a picture of his paw on top of ours, and it was incredible. incredible. Uh, so, uh, after Eagly and Chris hug it out, it's time to get everybody back together. We got to get the 11th street kids back together and on the hunt for the butterflies and the cow. Uh, and they are going to need somebody to shot call this operation. Uh, so Harcourt ends up being appointed team leader. Makes the most sense, right? Uh, Harcourt is the closest to Myrna, especially one in an outfit. They both wear a lot of black. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I think that same like sort of like hard line, like not going to bring emotion too much into it, going to approach this logically, uh, and is very tactical. So I think it totally tracks that the person to look to in this moment is Harcourt. Yeah. Uh, so she's in charge. She's going to tell them, yeah, they, we know where they're going. We know where the cow is. Uh, we know that they know that we know. And so they are probably going to try and move the cow as soon as humanly possible or butterflyly possible so that they can, uh, you know, stop us from killing the cow. Uh, and that they also have teleportation equipment, I guess. I kind of missed how they found out that they have teleportation equipment. Uh, there was a, there was an exchange. I think Mern said, that they got the cow to Earth by using a teleportation device. That's how they got it to Earth from right. um, their planet. So yeah. Mern, Mer I believe, informed them about this teleportation tech. Um, does this season have to end with Peacemaker and or Vigilante teleporting to an alien planet for a second oh season of the show? God. Um, I honestly don't know, but... Uh, no, that, that, I, that, would, that would be a lot. Uh, <laughs> but I guess wouldn't it would it, would it be a lot in a bad way or a lot in a like oh my god peacemaker in space in space Peace, peacemaker and vigilante in space would be a, a a fun romp to be sure yeah I think I'm in <laughs> I mean it would make season two real weird but uh, I'd be down for it as long as James's gun is doing it I'm yeah. in put him in space why not. But space is usually where you go for the death of franchises, right? Like, I don't know if we're there yet. That's, I guess that's maybe just a horror thing. James Gunn knows his way around a space story is all that's I'm very saying. true. It's all very I'm true. Saying. So I think we'd be in very good hands. And I feel like the door may literally be open to it uh, <laughs> with the arrival of uh, the teleportation device here in, uh, in the home stretch here. And yeah, the end of the episode is 
they're on their way. Peacemaker and Adebayo still not seeing eye to eye, unfortunately. No, well, of course. Why would he trust her? Uh, we do get the cool, slow, like the the the, the badass slow walk, right? Of course, like the, gotta the, have the that. I love that Eagly is also slow walking next to them. I was yes. appreciative of Eagly joining in there. Yes, that's important. We're gonna need that for sure. Uh, so they don't. Do, do we think that Peacemaker and Adebayo are gonna both be able to walk away from the show? and be on the same page or uh is if is, is the only path for them living also not being friends by the end of this um i mean i think if they get a season two uh they could leave it a little more up in the air yeah. certainly about where their relationship ends um versus like maybe some type of begrudging understanding i, I ideally right like this ends in a situation where they're still a team they're also a team and while they might not be fully fully all bonded together another mission will show up. Something is going to happen, you know? Yeah. Certainly, uh, the suicides, the way the Suicide Squad works doesn't mean you do one mission and you're done. Like, Crystal, I think, has some uh, missions that he has to accomplish before he fully gets his pardon. Yeah, probably true. Um, final thing is seeing the cow. I'm glad that they showed it to us at the end of this episode. The, is I it living it up to the hype for you, the to. cow? Uh, yeah, that thing is weird as shit, man. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, we talked about what it's going to look like. Is it going to be an actual cow? And I was just like, no, I think it's going to be closer to, like, the meat creature and creature, you know? Like, that. Yeah. that's very much closer to that. Like, just this weird... Looks like Krang on lar crack. Yeah, this lar weird larva-esque thing. Um, the thing that I did want to point out, right? And then uh, my fiancé talked about this, too, when we were watching it. Is, like, it's already hilarious how much smaller the humans are compared to this giant creature. But the butterflies are also like infinitesimally smaller than than they are. What is that planet like where this giant weird creature is essentially dominated by these <laughs> tiny butterflies? Like what's happening over there? Or is it more like a like a symbiotic parasitic relationship and the butterflies just going around just sucking up its honey milk whenever they need it? Like yeah. it's a lot of questions that I'm curious about, which we might get to see. If, in fact, Peacemaker and or Vigilante show up on the alien planet. I want it. I want it in my in my life very badly. Um, the finale is next on Peacemaker. It's wild that we're already here. It's Cow or Never uh, is the name of the James Gunn written and directed Peacemaker finale on HBO Max. What are some of your predictions uh, as we start looking towards the end of the line? I think I've given mine. Uh, I think peacemaker, <laughs> I think peacemaker in space. I think peacemaker to the land of butterflies uh, is is where I would take this right now. I think I said my prediction is going to be judo master is going to show up in some capacity, whether in the final battle or after the final battle, eating chips. That's that's I think my guarantee <laughs> of what's going to happen. Uh -huh. uh, we're not going to see them escape that their restraints. They're just going to show up and they'll be eating chips and probably drop some sort of information. My my wild prediction still. I still think, even though they haven't said it, I still think this might connect to uh, the Reach and Blue Beetle in some way. That's my wild prediction, is that somehow or another Blue Beetle uh, uh, mythos, I guess, is going to maybe play into this. Um, that would be fun. I think that that would be cool to to see like the tie into the greater DCEU, uh, such as that still exists. Do we think we're going to lose any more main characters, not counting villains? I think, you know, Song is toast. The butterflies are probably toast. The cow is toast. 
Uh, Casper lost. The cow is might done. survive. We don't know. Maybe. Maybe the cow gets to go home. <laughs> but what about any of the 11th Street kids? Is Mern sort of the one that you lose so that the rest of them can make it out of the season alive? I feel like it's not going to be Eagly after all of that. He'll be okay. I hope so. I hope it's not Eagly. I honestly would prefer, yeah, if, if, if none of them die, right? Like, I'd prefer it if they all still are standing at the end of it. I don't think, like, you killed a, a, a character that I think is important to the team. I think it was an impactful death. I think you shot it well enough that there was emotionality behind it. I don't think you need to kill another character in order to get something in the big finale. I don't think it's always necessary to just have to kill a character um, right. for just for shock value, um, you know, to be like, hey, the story's different. Uh, particular show that happens to just kill characters because I think it's interesting and cool and it's just like you don't have to but I guess that's your stick now anyway yeah. do we uh, do we get Amanda Waller one more time probably I think we get Amanda Waller one more time for sure if if not directly talking to them I think uh, we'll be talking to uh, Autobio in some way I think we're gonna have to get that scene because that needs to be wrapped up do we her get talking any... to her mom in some capacity do we get any other kind of DC Comics cameo like whether it's somebody who was in the Suicide Squad that we haven't seen, uh, I would love or that. Or like, some honestly. kind of superhero elsewhere. Like, could we get Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman staring at Peacemaker from across the room? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Wonder Woman. I don't know who would be the most reasonable character to cross over with Peacemaker. I feel like the Flash because... would be good. I feel like the Flash could work. We've got the Flashpoint movie that's coming. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that version of Barry Allen, I feel like comedically could stand toe to toe with John Cena. Um, I, I don't know. I it's it's yes, um, but I don't know. I, I would prefer not to wrap into that stuff. I'd prefer this peacemaker to stay away from it. So part of me feels like don't do the cameo. I think if we're gonna do a cameo, it has to be from the Suicide Squad. It has to be uh Idris Elba or Harley or King Shark. Uh, I think that would be a powerful cameo at the end, like a cool end cameo. But they all hate him, so yeah. I'm not too sure how that plays out. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, one last thing, because it got me thinking about post-credit scenes. The post-credit scene on this episode was psychotic. <laughs> Listen, cleanliness is next to godliness, so let me show you how to clean yourself. If you're not seeing blood, hips. you're doing it wrong. It's all about the hips. Casper <laughs> Locke is a man who loves the flaming Hot Cheetos, is, all, oh, yes. is, is what I'm hearing from this. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's self-evident in everything about that man. He uh, eats them and hips. he doesn't make any expression. Just by the handful and it's just all no offense. all in the hip. <laughs> uh it was very bizarre uh it was psychotic it was it was, it was delightful it was i love like it grim grim behavior uh and, and i love song just cutting it off just be like okay that, we're, we're done, done here. <laughs> we're good we're good we're good yikes uh all right well let's cut it off here we've got one more episode left we've got peacemaker finale coming our way next week we'll do the big post-mortem on peacemaker not just the episode but the whole experiment of a dc comic superhero show on hbo max uh so far i i think they'd really have to screw this up pretty hard for this to not be a really, really terrific show. It's uh, not unheard of. But it's not unheard of. It's been I done. I hope not. James Gunn has a pretty solid track record to me. I think we're okay here. So, I think we're even okay. Even his weird stuff, like Slither. Maybe yeah. that's the crossover. Maybe the aliens from Slither show up. Could be. Uh, <laughs> Slytherin? Mm, that's a different show. Sure. I'm trying to tie into the fact to talk about it naturally that Kevin hosts YA, the patron-only post-show recaps podcast about young adult fiction, currently set 
on Harry Potter with Melissa Woodward and Brooklyn Zed. The three of you are talking this coming week about another snake in the form of the Chamber of Secrets. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Spoiler, Josh, if you haven't watched that series or read those books. I 20 year spoiler. <laughs> I don't feel any kind of way about telling people that a snake ties into the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, that's right. We are going to head into the Chamber of Secrets. It is the second film in the Harry Potter series, uh, series that we're covering. Uh, we covered the first one, and we did our feedback show. That's kind of the fun format we're doing with this uh, this franchise. We're going to spend one episode of the show talking about the movie, and then the next episode, we're bringing on uh, an extra guest, a, a fourth member to our squad, uh, to talk about their history with Harry Potter, um, the films, the books, you know, all of that good fun stuff, and just sort of chat. Uh, and have a good time. We had a great time on our first feedback show, which the patron guest, Tom P., uh, who you've probably seen on other podcasts around. Um, Wheel of Time Book Clubs, yes. your Wheel of Time podcast listener. Um, so that was great. So we're looking forward to diving to the Chamber of Secrets and uh, revisiting that film. Hilariously, Chamber of Secrets, despite being what I think is the second shortest book, is the longest movie. So that's really Wait, effing weird. Really? Yes, it is. No so, way. That yeah, can't two be hours right. and 40 minutes. Um, that, that can't be correct. It is. I looked at them all. <laughs> uh, Harry Potter movie runtimes. Let's take a look. Uh-huh. Harry Potter movie runtimes. Uh, two hours. What? Right? Are you serious? Right? It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Why? I don't know. <laughs> there isn't two hours and 41 minutes worth of stuff in the Chamber of Secrets. It I'm sorry. It is shorter than Goblet of Fire, which I believe is the longest book. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Well, that's a decision that was made by people. Yep. Um, great. Great, but we're going to have a great time covering it. We're really looking forward to that. So uh, if you're a patron, obviously you get access to that. Um it's really great. Highly encourage uh, signing up for it. You know, we're halfway into the month. Sign up, sign up your SO if you have one. It's a wonderful Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea, Kevin. Uh, sign your significant other up for the Post Show Recaps Patreon. Give them the gift of love. Yeah. <laughs> love towards us. Yes. Uh, it'd be great. We need we love, love too. I yeah, need so love so bad. Have you not listened to Kevin before? Come on. Uh, Patreon.com slash Post Show Recaps is the way you also get easy access to the extra podcast where Kevin and I are talking about the X-Men getting close to the end of the line on season one of extra before we take a hiatus uh, off of season one. Uh, you could listen to that uh, on patreon.com slash poster recaps as well for free. If you are not currently able to sign up for the Patreon. So that is all the good stuff we've got coming your way at Kev Mahadeo is the way to find Kevin on Twitter. I am at round Howard. We'll be back next uh, next week with one more round of Peacemaker. The finale is on the way. It's cow or never. Uh, we'll be back next week with that coverage. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye. Move. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.